This is Ron Taylor, the Rambling Boy, broadcasting live from Marfa Public Radio Studios in downtown Marfa on this lovely but somewhat chilly Friday morning in April. This week, I've been rambling through the past. I've been sorting through some 5,000 35-millimeter ectochrome color slides that my father took with a Leica III camera in Asia and Europe between 1947 and 1955. I've been doing this because I have finally finished the manuscript for a book that I've been working on intermittently for 20 years and continually since last May, a memoir of my childhood in the Philippine Islands, which will be called Land of the Morning. And I am looking for illustrations. It has been a rewarding task so far and has brought back many pleasant memories of a privileged colonial boyhood in a long-gone era. The first slide that I dropped in the viewer showed my father, Clayson Taylor, standing beside a brand-new bright yellow 1946 Dodge pickup truck with the shield of the United States government painted on the door. We were in the Philippines because my father was a highway engineer with the U.S. Public Roads Administration, now the Federal Highway Authority, who had been sent to the Philippines in 1946 to assess war damage to that country's roads and bridges and make recommendations for their repair. He liked the country so much that he managed to stay there 10 years as an advisor to the Philippine government on highway planning and construction. The next slide, taken in 1948, shows my grandmother, me, and our houseboy, Johnny Dulai, crammed into a two-wheel horse-drawn gig called a Karawata. Our house in Manila was about six blocks from a major public market, Libertad Market. And on Saturday mornings, I would walk there with my grandmother and Johnny to do the grocery shopping. When we were finished, we would hire one of the farmers who had bought produce into town to sell to drive us home in his carabata. And we would clip-clop the six blocks to our house with our purchases. I always hoped the neighbor's children would see me arriving in style in this high, brightly painted, horse-drawn vehicle. Another slide shows me as a boy of eight looking at a statue of a kneeling, headless man with his arms tied behind his back. The picture was taken on one of the many trips around the Philippines that I made with my father. The statue is in the city of Legaspi, south of Manila, and it memorializes Filipino guerrillas who were executed by the Japanese during World War II. 
I had nightmares about it for months after I saw it. There is also a slide of another statue that we passed often on trips north of Manila. A statue in the churchyard at Marikina showing the Archangel Michael killing the devil. It is cast iron, painted in bright colors. Michael, clad in gleaming Roman armor, his wings spread out behind him, is standing on a supine devil, pushing a spear into his neck. The devil is a loathsome, scaly creature, painted black, with bright red blood oozing from his neck. My father always reminded me when we passed it that Marikina was the site of a battle in the 1899 Philippine insurrection that his father, my grandfather, had fought in, and in which the American commander, General Henry Lawton, had been killed. There are pictures taken during our travels around Southeast Asia. One shows the facade of the Peninsula Hotel in Hong Kong, not the gleaming tower that is there now, but the six-story gray granite building built in 1929 and touted as the finest hotel in the Orient when we stayed there in the 1940s and 50s. I can still taste the cold chicken sandwiches on buttered toast that were served at tea in the Cavernous Lobby. Another shows another aspect of Hong Kong, a Chinese man clad in back pajamas rolling a circular basket six feet in diameter down a street toward a stack of similar baskets. The baskets are full of pigs. There's a picture of a gray Chinese naval vessel flying the Gobondong flag, its deck covered with khaki-clad soldiers. This was one of a flotilla of ships that greeted us as we sailed up the Yangtze River to Shanghai in April 1949 on the American President Line ship, President Wilson. We were on the last American passenger ship to call it Shanghai before the Communist Army entered the city. And the ship in the photograph was one of hundreds that we passed carrying the fleeing Gobindong army down the river and away from the city and eventually to Taiwan. There are other slides showing the gray granite buildings of the Shanghai Bund and the sampans whose owners moored them to the side of the Wilson so they could sell souvenirs to the passengers leaning over the rail even as artillery rumbled in the distance. There are pictures of Singapore in 1955 when it was still a British colony and there were no skyscrapers. We were there on board a Swedish freighter traveling from Manila to Copenhagen. The neo-Gothic Anglican Church and the Raffles Hotel were the city's most prominent buildings. And Singapore Creek was still lined with the two-story Chinese shop houses on both sides.
built in the 1830s and 40s, with steps leading down to the barges and sampans moored along it. There are slides of all of these. My favorite slide was taken on that trip in the British colony of Aden, an outpost nestled among black volcanic rocks on the tip of the Arabian Peninsula, where the temperature was usually 120 degrees, and soldiers stationed there suffered from permanent heat rash. The slide shows a large sign at the pier at Steamer Point that reads, you are now at Prince of Wales Pier. Where do you want to go? Below is a long list of destinations and taxi fares. As my father was photographing the sun, he was told by a harbor policeman that he was lucky to be able to shoot it when it was not defaced. Frequently, he said, some disgruntled British soldier would scrawl the word home under the words, where do you want to go? You've been listening to Lon Taylor, the rambling boy. I'll be back at 11 a.m. next Friday with another story. In the meantime, remember that you can read The Rambling Boy in the Big Ben Sentinel every Thursday. This program was made possible by a generous grant from the Summerlee Foundation's program in Texas history. <laughs>